pull out my Google Photos, and guess what I had at the top left suggested spotlights for you. It had a picture of my cat that I took in 2014 in October. It wasn't one of those a year ago things. It was listening to me mm. talk about my cat, and it knew to find the picture of mm. me and my cat when I was at the vet with it put, having a put down. Motherfuckers are listening. And you know what? Oh, well. It it, yeah. it 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 served me. You know me. what? <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Close of the Bar. What's it's up, Happy man? Easter. Happy Easter. Spring man. is in the. It's uh, technically a year, New Year for some people across oh, the world. Is it Lunar New Year? Yeah, I remember Asia things like that. Whatever. Um, spring forward, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're right. Everybody is listening. But you know what? Here we go. If you're already doing everything right, what's what's wrong? Oh, that's that's the you, argument for everybody. You, what do you have to think, right? <clears throat> if you're not doing anything wrong, like what should you be worried about? And it's not like these guys are really trying to take us down. They just wanted us to spend more. Especially mm-hmm. now that we got all this free money, the Biden bucks coming our way. Oh, yeah, dude. falsely propping up the stock market and everything with these. Uh... So let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. it's also tax season too. Um, it got extended, by the way. So right, right. I needed that. Um, so the money that we received mm-hmm. through stimulus. Is all through the taxpayers' money, right? No. No. Because we don't – I actually looked at these statistics, and I don't know the exact numbers, but like in tax receipts, like what we brought in last year in taxes was something like 3.69. Don't quote me on the digits, but something like that. And our actual budget was about $4.7 or $8 trillion. <clears throat> so we spend more – about one trillion more than we took in last year, and now Biden's going to be doing this two trillion dollars. So we're almost Ooh. we're almost spending. We could we could this year spend twice as much as we bring in. So the question of is it our money that we're giving back? No, we're 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 printing it out of thin air to mm. give to ourselves, basically. So that's that's more close to the truth. So inflation is about to be really real. I think it's already real. I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, they were talking about trying to buy a mountain bike. And they said, oh, I can't find one on Craigslist, or they're all overpriced. But I'm waiting until things get back to normal, and then I can get a mountain bike at that's funny the price you said that, that I want. Because yeah. I was talking to one of my coworkers about, he's a bicyclist too, he does uh-huh. like triathlons and things like mm-hmm. that. And he said it's hard to get parts and things like that. Yeah, I mean, everyone says, oh, because COVID, um, but I think it's just these are like real tangible goods that have to be made that you can't print, and they're just going to cost more because people have more money. Wasn't that ship that got caught in the Suez Canal that caused I, price I, to go up? I, no, I mean, may, maybe a little bit, but I think that was just the only interesting thing that happened last week. Yeah. And that's why it was so covered, like, oh, this is affecting the markets. Uh, yeah, the market's been a new all-time high. So we got over 400 on the spot. All, all that's fascinating. Like, so it, more close to home, uh, apparently the storm that hit Texas affected Miller Coors, and I can't mm. get any kegs right now from Miller Coors on top of the fact that one of my distributors that distributes that got hacked last week. So we have hacked. Been, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'm it's, always skeptical of like people. I am hacked. too, but this is also the second distributor that got hacked apparently over the last month and a half where I couldn't get product. So it's been interesting. Uh, you know, what do you already, get from hacking a beer company? You know, I don't know, but their secret recipe. Speaking of that, let's talk. You know, so all right, we're in 2021. <clears throat> hundred years ago, in. hundred years ago, we're coming out of a great depression. Yeah, no, uh, going into it. So, not yet. Not we yet. had the beginning of what was known as the Roaring Twenties, which mm. was a period following. A war following a pandemic, mm-hmm. um, lots of uh, lots of spending. Um, so history, and, you know, I'd say <clears throat> history repeats, maybe rhymes. Definitely with a pandemic, uh, we didn't have a war, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the twenties were incredibly prosperous, so much so that it culminated in the nineteen twenty nine crash. So basically, the decade of incredible prosperity and fun and. And then uh, jazz. we went into the World War II after that? And, yeah, the, then the yeah. Depression that followed uh, in the 30s set up the next decade that set us up into a war. So if history does repeat, this is going to be a fantastic decade that we'll pay for later. So I, – and I want to bring that up because, you know, um, you know, I have my own personal theories that we eventually – we are going to get into the next consolidation of debt, which is usually, you know, done with a war. And I was talking to an older gentleman, you know, and I love – 
those guys because they get they really good on histories and teacher coach and all that stuff. And he was like, "Look, man, the next war ain't gonna be like the last two wars. Oh no, with no, no. nukes and all that <clears> stuff." And then we're also kind of uh, what he brought up in a bit of a Cold War, Civil War, mm-hmm. and saying all that. I thought that was kind of interesting because yeah, we are you know with all the all the stuff that's going on politically in the world or politically just here in the United States. And then you have China and Russia. There's like this weird kind of hacking Cold War going on. I don't know if that's the right term, but, you know, and that's what it made me think of when you said the hacking is all this all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes that we're just totally oblivious to or don't really see as a threat, but honestly could be a huge threat to us. Um, and just kind of, you know, trying to predict where this economy is going to go, if there's going to be a big crash, what's it going to be like? If there's the next war to follow that, what's that going to be like? Is you know definitely going to be way different than what we've done in the past. You know, mm-hmm. something that obviously we haven't seen before because it ain't going to be like Afghan and all that other stuff. Where no. we just dominate and we drop our bombs and show off how powerful we are and you know bombs over Baghdad playing in the background. You know, like we're playing with the big boys now, China and and Russia and. Well, they have interests that we may or may not have interest in like i was watching something just today uh i'll plug this uh caspian report on youtube like i don't watch cnn i don't watch the cable because first of all they're going to have bs and second of all it's going to have commercials but i can sit down and watch one of his videos where he goes through like the history of regional areas and conflicts and really like some of the strategic importance and like what the reality of the future is and he was talking about taiwan Mm -hmm. and china wants taiwan technically taiwan is china Technically, but we give them weapons. We have we kind of acknowledge them diplomatically, uh, but Ta- uh, but China still ta- sees Taiwan as theirs. Um, Taiwan is a mountain sticking out of the Pacific Ocean, so it's better, easier to defend than you know anything else. Uh, the question is, um, will we help Taiwan if remain its independence? Because uh, I think in two thousand, I don't know when exactly it was, but a few years ago. Uh, they elected a, a government that was very pro-independence, which, of course, the United States supports. Uh, but t- China, of course, doesn't see it that way. So they've, what they've done, to your point about asymmetric warfare, they have stepped up their flight patrols, like their combat patrols, around the island, uh, forcing Taiwan to scramble fighters. Um, I think they had to scramble like 3,000 sorties in like the last year or something like that. Um, Maybe that's a bit much, but basically there's a there's an asymmetry of you know fighter jets like Taiwan has 400 and China has like you know thousands, Bunch, yeah. <clears throat> and so you're having to, I think they spent something like close to a billion dollars, like 900 million dollars in fuel, mm-hmm. uh, Taiwan did just to you know do these defensive like hey you know let's fly around see what you guys are doing, and so that drains Taiwan, a smaller country, of money, and so you know if China were just do an amphibious assault. Uh, it would be very, very difficult, and plus the international community would be like very. But they can do this slow, you know, edging away at them, and uh, that could be. And the question is, will America or whatever current administration we have, Biden or who, you know, whoever comes next, um, will we uh, stand up for them? Uh, we may not, mm-hmm. uh, because you know we could see it as you know, hey, it's not really our interest, um, and there's an argument for that. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. Because wh- who are we going to be to stand up to China? Like, if we stand up to them, you know, people are always saying, like, oh, China owns all of our, uh, you know, debt. bonds or yeah. debt. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is a, a major strate- uh, strategic weakness, for sure, um, if, they, if they were to call us on that. So, um, so do you think America is becoming more and more a house of cards? Well, energy independence, and it's, it's less relevant – today as we do this because uh, we basically dropped gas prices so low that shale in America became unprofitable. Um, but yeah, oil is creeping back up and so yep. shale will be profitable so again. So the gas prices at the pump. Right. And so um, we don't really have as much of a vested interest in, like, say, the Middle East mm-hmm. as we used to. Um, it's it all kind of, in, in my opinion, it makes the Iraq and Afghanistan wars just completely... Um, obsolete. Like, we didn't need to be there. We knew we didn't need to be there. Well, we didn't know at the time about what we had under American soil. And so we thought that we had to be there, you know, fighting for the Saudis. Uh, we don't. But who does need to fight for the Saudis now uh, is China, uh, Japan, and every other country because they need oil. 
and they don't have it, especially Japan. Mm. Uh, Japan's going to be in a big trouble uh, because they have to, you know, go all the way around halfway around the world to the Middle East, or they have to get it from Russia to get their oil. And so their need for strategic uh, control of their supply routes is going to be way more important than us uh, because we don't need to. Damn. So that's that's what's kind of kind of going to shape probably the next hundred years. If there is a flashpoint, <clears throat> I don't know what's going to be, but we may not be the start of it. But there's no question we'll be get dragged into it. Sure, I mean, absolutely. We, I mean, you know, we are America, and uh, well, we'll have to pick a side basically. Yeah, we'll have to pick a side one way or another, because uh, like one of these regional, that's, that's the same thing that World War One happened. Uh, basically, you had these two countries. Um, what was it? Uh, was uh, oh, I'm such a history buff. It was the Archduke of uh, Austria. He was in um, Bosnia. That's with the assassination, right? Yeah, he got assassinated. It's like two relatively small countries, and but they had these alliances with mm -hmm. these bigger countries. And so then these alliances, and so it all just kind of like formed together, and suddenly you have 18, 19-year-olds fighting each other's 18, 19-year-olds for some stupid reason. And really changing the face of the planet. Damn, and 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 that's you know, shit. We'll see what happens, man. <clears throat> you know. Uh, on a positive note, to bring things back up, I got my YouTube channel back, which this thing should be on. Uh, again, right? Why we missed last month of closing uh, the bar, right? What kind well, of we, combination we can use that as work, excuse. Yeah, combination yeah. of me working and uh, thanks to my benevolent big tech overlords, uh, I have my platform back. I don't know what, what that done, was. You've done a great job on, man. Um, Definitely watched you grow and excel and uh, blossom, you know. But I knew you had it in you. You just needed to get the ball rolling. And you know, it's it's yeah. I, I definitely like it. Um, I like having the thing. I like helping people. I like growing a community mm -hmm. of people that I can help. And I think you know, my favorite's your rants in the car. I need more of those. You told me you like those. And, it's, it uh, just adds things. You know, you got a, you got a few different things. You mm -hmm. got this close of the bar. You got your where you're talking about certain stocks and current events, and then you got this like random rant thing too. And it just it just brings out the character of you, you know, and who you are, and then just shows more personality and brings you know more to the channel. So. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, thank you. And yeah. It's, it's so you. It's like it's that's you know. <coughs> well, if you anybody know you hangs know out with Wes, get uh, Wes on a rant. You're going to be entertained for a second. <laughs> I was going back through some pictures. Um, I like I was looking for some pictures today, and I saw pictures of you, uh, and some other people back in the office yeah. that we used to have. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll send them to you, man, because I like you never think I wish I'd taken fewer pictures. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's it's cool to look back on that. Come a long way, um, man. Yeah, I miss, I miss having an office. I want an office, man. I know I've mentioned that before, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. But now everyone's working remotely. There's no point. Yeah, it's like a novelty now. We're in this new. So I keep referring to stimulus error. Mm. And man, the whole COVID has changed everything. You know, mm -hmm. people are working more from home. Um, you know, Zoom has uh, done its thing. I actually got one of the higher up executive managers sits in my bar. Of Zoom? Cool. Yeah, 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 that's pretty cool. Good guy. Um, and, uh, you know, everything's changed, man. You know, I'm in the restaurant business. And, uh, you know, with this free money coming coming out and the fact that you can get unemployment and make more money unemployed than you can working, I mean, it has affected – you know, let's just go down. I mean, yeah, you're talking about I'm earlier. having a hard time finding servers. <clears throat> mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was convenient that the week the stimulus checks rolled out a couple weeks ago, I lost two servers. Mm -hmm. I've got ads out there. I've got, you know, looking for servers, and I haven't got a single reply. Um, you know, we're, we've been debating internally about raising our minimum for the cooks and all this stuff to $15 an hour. You know, that's creeping behind us. This is $15 an hour Before minimum Before it gets made right. legally um, mandated, yeah. You know, and just, just this whole idea of trying to scale up, um, you know, inflation. Mom, I, I know right now i got to sit down with my bosses and talk about, you know, our food prices and, and adding a dollar or two because we're spending more on food now, but we haven't adjusted our prices. And, and What's the word for that? What's the word for that when you have to raise raise prices on stuff and wages? It's a uh, it's a uh, mm, what's the word? Asian, mm, nation, what what rumination? Uh, I don't know what it is. Wes. What is inflation? It? No, it's no, that doesn't exist. You're right. There's no inflation. Exist. No inflation. No, nobody knows what that is, bro. That's <coughs> that's oblivious, man. Well, the Fed doesn't think it exists. 
Well, and, and, and it's what's crazy, right? You know, I sit at a bar. And, uh, and I say I sit at a bar. I'm at a bar working. And, you know, there's, you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion. You don't. We don't. I don't. But I've actually had to you're good recently like here, you know, stop a couple conversations and be like, guys, this hold is hold the on. rule. Hold on. Show me your politics face. What's my? It's a smile. Bro. See right there. It's just like you just laugh and you're like, oh, it's funny. You gotta, you, throw, you gotta throw a wink in there. You, you know, got you got wink. opinions. I hear I mean, you. It's you funny. Know, I literally. I'm gonna go do this now. I'm like behind the bar helping my bartender stock, and, and and I hear this like you know shuffle you know between a couple guys and they're arguing because uh, you know the Atlanta Braves lost uh, well the All Star game right. Well, it wasn't the Braves. It was just Major League Baseball decided they weren't going to have the All Star game, right? And the draft in so of Georgia. course that kicked off this whole political thing it's, in my bar. Yeah, it's been a thing, you know. And it just dove in, and and and, and I literally was like, well, guys, what y'all think of the game? Yeah, you uh, know. And it just like it this one guy looks at me, goes, "Thank you," <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just like let's talk about something other than politics and all that stuff. And it just it just people get a little overworked. But you know, going back to the whole inflation thing. What's frustrating is, is our answer is to react. Yeah, the only but way you can. Nobody talks about preventing us getting to that point where. What we do gotta, you mean? Well, why do we need to have inflation? What oh, causes inflation? <clears throat> uh, giving people fourteen hundred dollars and for you know. And where did that money come from? We just talked about it earlier, right? We're money printing, we're printing right? So why is that never the? Why are we attacking that issue? Why aren't we going to the Fed? We just didn't why have that we, debate. We were in a, we were in a period of crisis last year. Um, but ever, even before, even like you know, going back to the banks in two thousand eight, like why are we not oh. holding the accountable these these financial institutions accountable and not letting us get into the situation where we have to pump money and then we talk about well let's raise let's raise cost of everything and you know instead of being like you know well, how about we attack it the other way. And have great management skills and financial skills from these guys that we're supposed to look up to the experts to prevent us from yeah. this. I was I was having a conversation, and then I'm a conspiracist. Well, I'll, let me answer that with one of my tangents. I'll come bring it right Go back. Bring it back. Come on, West. Um, I was talking. Okay, cheers. To the West tangents. I was I was talking to somebody about. Mm. Um, you know what they say about somebody who doesn't drink after a oh, cheers? Oh, you do being disrespectful, right? <laughs> mm. Rant on, West. Well. <laughs> So I was I was a conversation with somebody and it was an older person that's not dating and they asked me about uh, you know why is it guys don't respond back to text messages and stuff like that like and I was like well they're just not interested and stuff like that if they're not and it was an older woman and she said to me um, you know well, well I mean why would they do that What's, I was like well it's easier I mean what do you want to do like here here is your here's your exit interview of the date like here's what you did wrong here's what you can work on you know here's some bullet no nobody does that they just don't respond <laughs> and so going back to your thing about uh why did we do this in 2008 you know why well frankly we started back in 2001 in that economic downturn mm -hmm. we lowered interest rates which is not printing money but it's making money more available uh, but then in 2008 we actually started Printing, which doesn't mean the printers right? exactly. We have words for it because uh, we don't actually run money printers. We kind of do, but just ones and zeros. Uh, but now we're just now we're finally, you know, twenty years later, uh, giving money directly to people instead of banks. So, is that a step up? I mean, obviously, most people are going to benefit of it now because it didn't really trickle down. Uh, are they though? Um, well, as I said uh, that week that the stimulus checks went out, like I happened to need to get an uber and it was like 50 bucks to go anywhere but and i asked the uber driver when i finally got one i said what's going on I said, well she read forums and facebook groups and stuff like that and the consensus was people got their check that week they didn't need extra money so they just didn't drive and the people that were actually out there working you know they made a little bit extra so everybody benefited except for people that needed uber i guess damn man it's it's little things like that but you know i mean Maybe that's the desired effect. Maybe that is like people got the money, uh, they spent it, or they took a little bit of time off, or they stopped working, um, and now you're having to offer people a higher, you know, pay uh, to get them to work again. You're having to raise your prices to account for that as a business. That's just how it goes up. I think it's just going to go up a lot faster than people were used to over the last several years. I mean, inflation rises at 2% per year is what they target. But, you know, that's on average. Um, some, some is going to be different. And uh, I don't think it's going to be like the hyperinflation of 
the late 70s, which we don't know anything about. We weren't even around. But it could be something like that. We could have uh, we could have really bad inflation. We could have stagflation. We're not going to have Weimar Republic. I think a lot of people, especially super you know, crypto bulls, are thinking that they have to buy Bitcoin because the dollar is going to be you know, we're going to be carrying around wheelbarrows of dollars to buy Britain. Maybe, but no, no. That's not I mean, that, 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 I mean, everybody loves that Bitcoin, man. And now everybody that it's gone loves up, the Bitcoin. It's just, it's just like everybody's piling in. Yeah, people are getting kind of bored, honestly. Now we'll see, though. We'll see, though. It could still go up. Who knows? It's that's the beauty yeah, of it. I had it. a buddy call me a couple of weeks ago. Was my best friend. He was, he was up like fourteen grand, lost it all and some. You know, because he, he was leveraged. And, oh, and, and he just that. you know no 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 understanding of you know. Risk management. You know, that's not unique to Bitcoin people. It can happen to really smart people. Did you hear about the blow up of Archegos? Uh, it was a private. I, you know, I'll be honest with you, dude. I saw that in a headline, you know, and I haven't really been doing my due diligence for the last two months because mm-hmm. because of the stimulus era, I've been short staffed and I've had to pick up the slack. I feel you. Well, I'll, I'll fill you in on okay. it. So, again, just like the Suez Canal thing, this hedge fund blow up. Really, not much is happening in the world, so these these little events kind of float to the top because uh, we don't have Trump tweeting anymore. So there's nothing else to talk about. Um, you know, his voice is banned from Facebook. Are you serious? You can't even post his voice, or they'll, they'll take it off Facebook. I did see a blurb about him possibly starting a new social media type situation. So a little too late for that. Sorry, yeah, First Amendment type. They're not thing. Gonna, they, as in Silicon Valley, are not going to allow that. But anyway, mm. uh, you know, thank you, Overlords. Thank you for getting my platform back. <laughs> fuck, fuck Trump! Fuck Trump! Fuck Trump! <laughs> you know what am I saying? Uh, uh, YouTube, you the man, please, yeah. please, YouTube. So, Bill Wang—I might be pronouncing his name wrong. He was like banned from owning a hedge fund because he did some insider trading back in a few years ago. So he started his own family office, and family office is basically just you managing your own money. He was worth about ten billion dollars. And he was able to get leverage. We know what leverage is. You know, it lets you make faster returns. And he was able over the last couple of years to earn 50, 60% returns. You know, when you're making those, that kind of money, you're taking some leverage. Kind of like your friend in Bitcoin or like mm-hmm. anyone's yeah. friend that made a bunch of money really quickly but then blew up. He was doing it through these things called total return swaps. Now, what that means is it's a contract that you enter into with a bank where they buy the shares and you just collect the difference. In other words, you don't own the shares. Let's say the the stock goes up 20%. Well, you don't actually have to own the shares. You just collect that 20%. The bank actually has owns the shares. Oh, it's like not an option, but it's, it's not an option. You do this. Like you, you and I you're can't do this. Like option, you and I can't do this. Yeah. Bank, big banks, uh, like Credit Suisse was one, um, Will good credit get it? <laughs> well, maybe. You have to be like a hedge fund. You have to yeah, be a big boy. Yeah. But what happened was, you know, instead of, you know, being limited by most people that can only take on like two to one leverage in stocks, like you can only buy, you know, two to one Tesla, you and I, well, they can do these total return swaps. And this guy was leveraged anywhere from uh, six, eight, ten times with some of these banks. And he got into something, if you look at Viacom, which is Viacom CBS and Discovery, like TV. Uh, networks, they look like you know that old para- parabolic, you know, like every other thing does. And then they had this, uh, they had this stock offering, which uh, diluted the value of the shares. In other words, the shares dropped like nine percent, and that was enough to margin call them. Because if you're leveraged up nine, ten percent, and you're ten to one leverage, was that? It's a hundred percent. God damn. So here's a guy that's worth. It's, it's basically he was worth ten billion dollars. It's the largest single or largest loss of personal wealth in history. He went from being a 10 billionaire to probably in debt. That's quite a reverse and it comes from leverage. So it's like you got your friend who's an amateur yeah, who doesn't know any know, better. It's so funny. I, I saw a Facebook post where somebody was talking about, you know, making your first million. And then I saw a comment. He was like, that's the easy part. Keeping the million is the hard part. Well, it depends on how you got it. I mean, if people go, if they got it, through going to Vegas and playing roulette, yeah, and they easy. keep playing roulette. Well, yeah. I'm making I'm making I, a broad I, I, example. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But, I got to see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah if, or you know, if if they do it over the course of like ten years with a business that's generating, they can probably keep it. Yeah. 
Um, Make it again. But if they uh, if they got it all very quickly, then there's a, that's where that comes into play. Mm. And that's what I try to reinforce to people on my Discord and things like that. Like they they talk about trying to make big money on weekly options and stuff, which is not a thing anymore, by the way, because this market is very different. I want to talk about that if we can. Yeah, um, my uncle my uncle used to do that with Tesla, and I, he doesn't do that anymore. Everybody, let, well, I'm you know and people Amazon. people got burned because yeah. it's not moving like it was, um, but. You look at these people like DFV, Deep Fucking Value, you know, the, or Roaring Kitty, the guy that was the GameStop, you know, pers- personality that was really mm. driving it. You know, he took fifty thousand dollars, and at one point he was up to like uh, I think thirty million. Um, the other, there's another guy on uh, the Wall Street Best Reddit that uh, made millions of dollars on Tesla because he bought some in 2018. But what you have to look at is, you know, here's a guy that started playing Tesla in 2018 at the bottom when everyone thought Tesla was going out of business. And here's this guy uh, that started playing GameStop about a year, year and a half ago. They're making These people that made lots and lots of money, they didn't do it in a week. They didn't do it in a month. They did it over the course of a year plus. And so really, I think people, if, if they really want to be really rich in trading, you, you at least have to acknowledge that the people that do these crazy things that are really one-offs, that are kind of like winning the lottery, they didn't do it overnight. They did it over some time. So at least give yourself a year of a plan, and then maybe you can really make it. But the weekly options are not going to be the way to do it, especially now. Um, so that's th- that's to your point. Uh, I think people that make that million dollars, if they make it all you know, in the course of like a month, yeah, they're going to have a hard time keeping it because they were doing something that they was very naughty, and they got rewarded for it. But... If they keep doing it, which they probably will because they weren't really taught why not to do it. They were instead taught why to do it. Um, they're just going to blow it up. Um, people, just, What I found very common is people just don't know when to stop. But, you know, if you made a million dollars in a month, why stop? Uh, There's not that much you can buy with a million dollars, man. Not more than you, man. Not much you can you not more you can buy more be, ten million. Got to be a billionaire now. I got a, I got a friend of mine that I am trying to get. I'm trying to convince them to uh, to go in and just get like an Airbnb cabin. And I sit down. I'm like, hey guys, like this is how we could do it. We could structure it and that kind of stuff. And they're sort of like, oh no no no, my cabin when I buy it, it's gonna have a it's gonna have a landing strip for my plane or my helicopter landing pad. So I can't buy a cabin now until like I can afford this kind of a cabin. I'm like, okay. All right, I'm being serious about this as a bit, and you're yeah. you're like like ah man. Because if we did these Airbnbs, we got a bunch of them. This method is so real, dude. Uh, like I, I and I keep. There's nothing wrong with dreaming, but just yeah. yeah well, you, you you talk about it with me, man. Like I, I always, you know, I have to really come back to that philosophy of kiss. You know, like we just got talking about with my house. Tell them what it is, in case they don't know. What, the What's kiss? kiss? Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, kind of like assume. You're an ass of you and me. Yeah. 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 That's my stepfather's favorite line. But, you know, uh, I'd rather be too much and draw it back than not enough and try to get it out of me. So I'm okay with the fact that I shoot large mm-hmm. and then I have to come back and take that look in the mirror and be like, all right, dude, like, let's just focus on one thing, you know? Um, so that's, it's, it works in trading so much. Like, take off the indicators if you're getting confused. Well, you know, the best thing that's happened with this whole thing of me having to pick up the slack in my job and, and having to put more time in it's made me be more aggressive in taking profit mm. and you know i love trading the es so instead of like looking for that is it going to keep going after this i just fucking lock money in the bank and i've done a lot better now just just having that range right all right mm-hmm. here's here's my entry here's my stop here's where i'm getting out yeah i don't care what it does after that sometimes it goes fucking amazing sometimes it it doesn't, you know, and I, I pull my stop to break even and I've got way more aggressive and get to that target. And, uh, you know, once it, once price gets a certain level too, I, I move to break even. So I'm not taking losses anymore. Mm-hmm. Fuck that shit. Like stop, stop worrying about all the excess, right? Just fucking stick to a strict plan. Let it get to here and be cool with that and let it get to a certain point and move your stop to break even yeah, it might come back and hit your stop and then go to your... You didn't lose any money. Mm-hmm. And you made money on yeah. other trades, you know? And, and that has really helped a lot. What's also helped, too, is having, a you know, my Roth IRA account long-term mm-hmm. where I don't give a fuck. It's a little more. I can forget about it, let it roll. 
that's helped too. So, so how many accounts do you have that you just to, I, look, man, I simplify it. Yeah. I have my Roth IRA account okay. where, where I have my long term. Yes. I play weeklies or higher. Mm-hmm. All right. I have my S and P 500 and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing that keeps me like every day I'm focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, I, can, I can go to work right. and I can manage that. But you still have, you have, a, you have two, like you have the long term you don't look at mm-hmm. and the one you're active. That is what I try to get people to do. Uh, I think that is incredibly valuable for people to have independent accounts. Yeah, I have ridiculous number of accounts. I don't recommend having as many as I do, but having at least two. And I think that would help out a lot of people because if there's a psychological effect of like if you're logging in every day or when you have an opportunity to trade, you're going to see your P&L. You can try to ignore it, yeah. but every day the market is going to give you a different price on your long-term stuff. And you could be having a shitty day, mm-hmm. and you're going to see that the stock you've had for two or three years is down that day, and you'll be like, meh. And that could be a horrible mistake. But if you had just like not logged into it, maybe once a month at most, maybe once a quarter is about right once a year to file your taxes, if that's all you need, that is actually a recipe for success because stocks go up. They do. If you just, if you just, you know, it doesn't, if you, if you invested in stocks today, any stock, well, not, okay, not any stock. If you invested in like an index fund today, mm-hmm. 10 years from now, there's incredibly high probability. I don't want to say an absolute, but it's pretty close to an absolute. Close to 100% chance. The probabilities chance are in your favor. Statistically, you it's in your favor. Off. Things yes. are in your favor, right? Like, mm-hmm. So keep it separate. So I like what you're doing there. You know, and that's what, what I've think? been trying to focus on is more of uh, getting over the fear of the drawdown. Mm. Well, it's coming, but it's not coming tomorrow or it might. I don't know. Don't, I want, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. I'll probably, uh, you know, my goal is to sit down tonight, actually, and next week and evaluate things because I think we're probably going to have like one more good push. One more? Oh. Yeah, before we get a good, you know, before the October pullback, right? October is historically a very And we we just had a nice historically February, March pullback too, right? We actually had two pullbacks. You know what pullback to? Daily cadence. Exactly. So, you know, once you get into that and you understand that, you know, and, and that's that's the beauty of me just only focusing on the S and P five hundred. You build this intimate relationship with it, mm-hmm. where you you really, you know, like we just had a breakout. I took mm-hmm. the two hour breakout, you know, I, and I sat and I looked at it, and, and I don't usually take the two hour breakout. Usually, it's like one hour or four hour. I took the two hour. Was it shooting for? This is before it hit the all time high, right? So it was shooting for it. It was shooting for it. And yeah, I took it. and I got out of preserve mode, uh-huh. and it actually went even higher. It, it's shooting for the four hour. Yeah. target that i have and and uh and i got a spike on the four hour and i was mm-hmm. like all right cool you know but it, it was one of those things where again it just goes back to what i was saying like getting past the shoulda woulda could have mm. you know just be happy with that you took profit and mm-hmm. you're not taking losses mm-hmm. yeah it went up a little bit more but I got money locked in now you know what i mean like now i'm gonna start looking for some pullbacks i'm gonna start looking you know i'm gonna evaluate but it's just getting past that emotional what I could have had versus what I actually have. Uh huh. Here, here's a little anecdote that I don't know where it's from. I don't even know if it's true, but asked of a successful investor why he's so successful. Answer: I always sell too early. I'm cool with that now. Yeah. And that's you know with with the stress of my job and the fact that I'm going and always moving, I need that. Mm-hmm. I need I need those lock ins. I need I you know like I just need to see the profit. You know I was even thinking about you know doing currencies again, and you, and I, I said you know what, let me take the same philosophy. I'm not going to just do currencies. I'm not fuck currencies. I'm going to focus on one currency. I'm going to pick a currency, and that's the only thing I'm going to focus on. You know what I mean? There's like 32 major pairs. Forget about it. Just pick one. Build an intimate relationship with that. Be profitable with that move on from there, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, cause I, you know, I just, I just, I've learned from the S and P 500. I've built this relationship with S and P 500, you know, where I know, and, you know, it's, it's personality. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just, I've gotten familiar with it mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's cool, especially, and I, and I say this more so with the day trading aspect 
it's easier with the Roth IRA account to to play the the strategies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the long-term things, you can forget about it for a second and come back mm-hmm. and be like, oh, shit, all right, cool, fix, adjust, you know, because it's, it's on a weekly chart. You, know, you, you also don't have to worry about capital gains so that you can be very uh, agile. True. It, but back to the day trading thing mm-hmm. where it's so fickle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You really got to be, you got to be tighter on your discipline. You got to mm-hmm. it's because it's, it's like, it's day to day. It's week to week, you know, uh, I just after developing that and seeing that, I was like, "All right, cool. It's it's find something and just build a relationship with it." A lot of people have relationships with, you know, they study fuck the shit out of Bitcoin, they study mm-hmm. the shit out of Tesla, they study the shit out of Amazon, you know, and they build these relationships and they feel like they know it and they got it, you know, and that's cool. That's great. That's what you should do if you're betting every day and and doing that. Focus on that, and it just makes it a little bit easier. So, you know, again, just going back and and taking what I've learned from this moving forward and adding a little extra, you know, going with it. Well, you know, you know, restaurants. I don't know restaurants. Like, I wouldn't know how to run. I hate that I know restaurants. Yeah, but you know what? It's your specialty. And just like you've made a specialty out of the SPY, it has its own personality. For sure. And so you know the times of day, you know the week, days of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also know when it makes a move, like, oh, that move was a little fast or this move is a little slow. Yeah. So you, you kind of... Because you're basically, it's the same kind of people we're going to be trading every day. Just like you have regulars come into a restaurant or something like that. You know how to deal with them. Uh, but it, it's, a, of course, a much larger scale. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, people can, can specialize for sure. Um, then there's the opposite side of things where you try to apply, like, technical analysis to a broad set of instruments. And uh, sometimes that can work, too. But. Well, that's exactly. So what you're saying is I do that for the Roth array, right? Mm-hmm. It's a broad technical analysis for the long term, mm-hmm. you know, because it allows me to get lost into my job and then come back and be like, okay, cool. Cause I'm on a higher scale, higher, you know, and it also it helps, it keeps me from making stupid decisions where a drawdown happens. I freak out, I panic and I sell too early, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Cause you're busy because you know, yeah, 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 I'm busy. That. I'm distracting. Mm-hmm. Whereas the S and P 500, you know, it's just one thing to focus on. I get my alerts, you know, and even then it's, it's, I've scaled myself to more of a swing trader instead of a day trader mm-hmm. because of things going on. You know, I mean, God, you know, the market closes at five o'clock and it opens back up at six o'clock, you know, alerts happen. I'm right in the middle of a dinner rush. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't really necessarily pull away real quick. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So I need to allow a little leeway, and I've learned to adjust as a trader to to adapt to the so environment me, that I'm in. Let me ask this, because a lot of people that are, you know, I talk to, they're working full-time jobs, mm-hmm. and they're trying to trade. Uh, are you able to be disciplined on, like, when you, let's say you have a day off, and you're, you have an opportunity to trade, sit there and look. Are you disciplined enough to, like, say no to any setup if it doesn't fit your rules. Because I think that that really hurts a lot of traders when they're working a job and they have like maybe they have like a break in between meetings of like an hour at like 10 o'clock in the morning and it's on like a Friday. And we all know that Friday is not always the best day to trade. It's a very hectic day sometimes. That's actually my favorite day to trade. Is it? Well, Sunday night and Fridays. Very well. Very well. Because it's the most volatile. But if you have setups, but. You know, a lot of people, they, they wait all week. Let's just say they wait all week. They're working, working, working. And then, then when they go back and look at the chart for like Tuesday or Thursday, they see this great setup that they missed. And so here comes Friday. They've got this hour to trade in. And they're looking. And let's just say that the market's not moving. And they stare at it. And they stare You're at it. You're just talking about the infamous fear of missing out. FOMO. Yeah. But it's, it's seeing things that aren't there. So my question is, how do you keep yourself disciplined when you have a limited amount because of time. Because I'm distracted. That's where okay. the discipline I don't even know if it's discipline. It's just, I, <laughs> my breaks in the bathroom, my mornings, things mm-hmm. like that, where I get a second to just pull my phone up and look, right? Mm-hmm. And with the two hour and the four hour, and you know, and you combine the daily, you know, and if you do your weekly analysis too, it's so, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like you, you scale me, down, hold on, hold on, you scale down, right? So you're telling me that you're trading on like the daily and the weekly and the two hour and four hour? No, what and I do. And that's good for you? No, what so I you, do is, is, is I scale in the trap. Uh-huh. 
right? From the top down. From the top down. Yeah. So you're not starting from the one minute. No, no. Why would you not start from the one minute? You can't. You got to know the higher time frame. Say that again. Higher time frames rule. Thank you. A lot of people will get really messed up when I see them trying. They're they're just stuck there looking at the damn one minute. And they call the five minute. Any expert. It's so crazy because we knew this beforehand. But all the books that I've read well, we and all taught. the books I'm reading, we were taught. We were Some taught. people aren't. I've had confirmation. It, it, most traders deal on three time frames, mm-hmm. you know, and you get you what I call scaling the trap, mm-hmm. right? You, you do your like you that. do your analysis mm-hmm. and you scale it in. You set your alerts. You're setting the trap, right? And that's how I do it. I, I set in the trap and I set my alerts. I set my alerts. Because at the end of the day, it's just probabilities. It's either going to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's not what you think. It's it's what the price action does. And I scale it in. And based on how I scale it in will determine the time frame which I trade from. Right? Because you'll get some setups and they look good on the four hour and the two hour. And I'm like, all right, cool. But the one hour and the 30 minute aren't quite there yet. And there's some like, there's some like static. You're like, ah, okay, mm-hmm. cool. So you scale back out. All right, well, all right, I'm set my alerts to the two hour and the four hour. Every now and then you'll get some cool setups on the one hour and 30 minute. But sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. The one hour and the two 30 minute look ugly as fuck. What's dude. the lowest you'll look? Man, with my job, dude, it's it's one hour at the most, dude. Thank I, you. I don't have Thank time you. to really, you know, and, and, and even the one hour is just if it fucking looks good. The truth is I'm playing two and four hours, mm-hmm. right? It, with my time frame did, and everything I got Did going you on. ever try to trade in like the lower? Remember, we used to use ticks back dude, in the office. oh my God, bro. Let me tell you something. And, and, and if I have the time, okay, I love those lower time frames. Mm-hmm. I used to, I mean, dude, when I was working at Dark Horse and uh, Neighbors, Sunday nights, when I talk about I like Sundays and I like Fridays, mm-hmm. those ticks, those lower time frames, I was crushing them, dude. But I also was a little more relaxed at those jobs mm-hmm. where I had the opportunity where I can keep my phone right there and watch them get in and out. Mm-hmm. I don't have that opportunity right now where I can manage and micromanage and do that. And that's essentially what you're doing. You're micromanaging. Yeah. I mean, you you got to be on it. You got to be on it. The two hour, four hours allow me some room to mm-hmm. to get into a shift, to come back. An alert or trade goes off. I can step into the bathroom. Essentially, is what I'm doing. I'm looking at my fucking phone. Blah, 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 uh, uh. You know what I mean? Make a decision and roll. Essentially, what it works out to. I love those lower time frames, but you have to have the time. You it, that's when it becomes a job. Yeah. That's when you have to be in front of the computer. And you have to be watching that shit because that's how quick that shit's rolling. Mm-hmm. Four hours, swing traders, all that stuff works great for people who, like you were talking about, who need to have those breaks. You know, anything less than that, you need to be a little more flexible. You need to be able to have the, the luxury of control of your environment where you can say, I need to chill for a minute and focus on trading for the next hour or so or be able to set those alerts to where – you know, if those alerts go off within the next hour, so you can pull away from your job and focus on that. Mm-hmm. But swing trading allows you to have a real-time job, mm-hmm. 40-hour week job, where you can go and disappear and tell your boss, hey, I got to go to the bathroom, look at your fucking phone, yeah. adjust your stops, adjust your alerts, all that shit. And that's just real advice to anybody out there who's a Robin Hood trader that's trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. Because I do this every day. I mean, it's just to develop a system. And, and that's what I like, that it's... I've been able to adjust to fit, but only reason I've been able to do that is because, you know, you and I have been doing this for yeah, well over a decade now. Well, you, you know? have, we, you and I, we've we've learned different techniques. We've seen a lot of things. We were also started off with kind of a top-down approach, so mm-hmm. we know that there are time frames that exist yeah. other than the one minute. Uh, and I think a lot of new traders, um, they're more about let's let's get it quick. And yeah. it's it's a big detriment, I think, in a lot of ways. Hopefully, if they can stay around long enough, they go up to, say, a 30-minute or one hour, and they realize, wow, you know, this is a lot less stressful. Like, I tried. I tried the penny stock day trading thing. Uh, I would find by 10 a.m., my pits were sweaty. Like, I was, it was just too much stress to be on that lower time yeah. frame. And so the 30-minute is really as low as I'll even go. You just have to be realistic with your expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people, what I'm saying is a lot of new traders, they don't, they don't know what realistic is. Um, They, 
they see the movement on a one minute on a good day and they're like, okay, this is how I'm going to make money and quit my job because I see it today. But not every day is going to be like that. Some days it's just going to go back and forth and take your money and they're going to get really frustrated. Um, But what they're doing or failing to do is see the bigger picture. And so even though when you're trading on your one minutes on your Sunday nights and stuff like that, when you could, I bet you already kind of had your levels drawn off. Didn't you? Yeah, always, I know you did. Always. I know you did. Yeah. So you knew scaling in the box. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's just so much as you can see from a high level, and if you go back and you look at a weekly, and let's, let's say you look at a level like a like you know how I love my fifty percent. Yeah. And you go to like when it hits that level, you set that alert, and that that day you come in there, and then you go down to like the lower time frame, mm-hmm. and you're like you're waiting for like a setup. You got you got your level drawn right there. Your price kind of starts to mess around, mess around, and starts to kind of come off of it. You know what you're waiting for there. Yeah. And you know that. And the best part about going to a higher time frame is the greater reward. Yeah. Because if you're on the, if you're on, let's say that you're on the one minute and you've got your stop about right here, well, this is a weekly level. What do you think your target's going to be? It's not going to be here. It's going to be here. Because if you scale back out, Never Here's go against level. the higher time frame, too. Make that oh, clear, yeah. right? Well, Always, never bet against the higher time frame. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish more people would listen to that when it comes to, to stocks in general. Um, it's – I hate to tell people not to do stuff because one day it might work, but people love buying their puts every damn day because they think the market's going to crash, and it just doesn't. That's the doom. It's the doom. It is. We, you we, know. we know that our lives are going to end, so And, and their the puts are a hedge funds opportunity. Yes. Right. But you, you're just better off on a daily basis assuming the stocks will go up. Unless tra- we get, traditionally, pr- probability, statistically, that's what yeah. they've done. I, I, you know, I understand people have to go through their own process, but just listen to me. Like, even every in day, the, even the best, assume the stocks are going to go up. Even in 2008, even in 2000, all the recessions, well, no, they pull so, back to major higher time frame levels. Exactly. But in those recessions, then you can buy puts because the market is going which way? Yeah. Damn. But wait for that. Like, just, just don't. I think a lot of people they, they run into the problem with it. They're trying to be smart, they, but also they want to be smarter. Be than aggressive too, else. because those puts are all going to be a very short. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, There's like very grab small, the money and, like you said, yeah. sell too early. Go and take the money and run. Take the money and run, because mm-hmm. those puts are only going to come around so often. Yep. That's not. That's not. You know. And it's and just, 2020 as a year is only going to come around so often. This year is different. You know what's funny? I'm going to make a video about this. What is going on right now is I'm starting to hear more and more about iron condors. You know what iron really? condors? Yeah. Oh, dude. It's, you know why I'm hearing so much about them? Because they're working. You know why they're working? Because the market the is not moving. The volatility is starting to contract. So not only are people getting the benefit of theta, time decay on their options, they're also getting volatility contraction. In other words... Can't wait for that video, dude. Well, I'm gonna, I, people, need to, people need to understand this because I've talked to some people. I'm like, okay, why do you want to do this? And their answer to me is like, well, I see this stock. It's got an IV of you know 120%, and which is really high, by the way. Like Tesla right now is just at 70. And I, want, I don't think there's going to be that much movement because I'm looking at the charts. I'm kind of like, okay, do you know what IV rank and IV percentile are? And they're like, no. Okay, those are far more important than what you think the stock is going to do. So I, I, it behooves me as an educator to you know, make a clickbait video, watch this before you take Iron Condors this year because uh, people – right now they're working because the market is you know, it's just you know, kind of trading in a little range. Uh, so if you sell on either side of it, you're doing great. Also, you know, volatility from last year is very is high – but as the market does this, that volatility comes down, so the options pricing is starting to contract. So eventually what people are going to find themselves is getting in this habit of selling iron condors like every month and making a ton of money. And they're going to be like, whoa, I'm making more money selling iron condors than I'm working my job. I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to put all my money into iron condors. And then that's going to be the month. <laughs> It happens every few years. It really oh does. God. It really does for, for these option selling strategies. And, you know, I'm not going to save people that are into it, but uh, hopefully when it happens, they'll look back and be like, wow, Norak made a video about this, and he was right. I was like, oh, you have been educated. So your education is complete. Oh, my God, dude. If you understood how much – anyway, you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't force him to drink. You know, I think experience is the best teacher, and I think some people are just out there in the wilderness, 
and they don't have anywhere to go or they don't know where to look at. And so hopefully I can maybe put some seed in their head that they can say like, ah, like that's what he was talking about. And then they can come back, lick their wounds and become successful traders. That's my goal. Hmm. You know, one of the best quotes you've ever given me, Wes. Oh, no. What is it? Is it crass and uncouth? The stock market is the easiest way. No, it's the hardest way hardest to make way an easy money, easy no, money pocket. Hardest way to make an easy living. Yeah. It is. It's because nobody's just going to give you that money. But at the same time, it's, you know, I've been talking to, you know, people are asking me, like, are you busy this week? I'm kind of like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I feel I feel I, I feel bad, man. I've had a lot of friends hit me up. I even tried to start a little group, and I'm just, you know, uh, I failed them miserably. Uh, you, know, you know, I got a lot of friends who are, uh, you know, we're in this Robin Hood trade era, right? Where we, the we, stimulus money, yeah. where where everybody everybody wants to get into the market. They want to fucking trade Bitcoin. They want to trade GameStop. They want to trade the hottest new commodity. They want to trade all this stuff, and they don't know how to fucking trade, and they're doing it, and they're making money, and then they, you know, then they don't. And 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 I got a nice, good circle of friends, and unfortunately, the last couple of months, due to my stimulus error situation, I have not been able to really follow up with them the way I like, and uh, you know, it's just frustrating. But at the same time, you know, they got to learn, they got to figure it out, and they got to they got to do this thing on their own too. But. Uh, you know, I wish everybody the best of luck, honestly, dude. I really do. <laughs> so they're coming to you wanting you to like kind of give them some guidance. Is that what you're saying? For sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, they, they want, you know, uh, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, they want somebody to give them the answers, you know, hey, take this, take this, buy that, buy that, sell that, you know. You know the answer I give those people is? Uh, well, listen. Buy index mutual funds. As, as a manager, mm-hmm. uh, this is how I manage. Mm-hmm. Everybody under me is a manager, is a boss. Okay. I treat you like that from the dishwasher up. Give you responsibility. Mm, no, I or, train you and teach you and give you everything you need okay. to be your own boss in that situation. Okay. Right? Mm, I like that. How do, you, how do you apply that to trading and like people who are trying uh, well, to learn to trade? You teach people how to be their own boss. Because that's, well, that's a great thing. Be about maybe hedge fund this manager is, This maybe? is what I love about trading. This is what I love about trading. It's just you and that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You pull the trigger. You lose, it's your fault. You win, you gain. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, though, it's just you and that market. Nobody to blame. The market is designed to take everything from you, period. So when you step up to that, that line, you better make sure you're on your fucking A game. Because any weakness in you, they're going to fucking swarm on it. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking for. That phone wall, the emotions, the th- whatever. Right, mm-hmm. and that has given me so much that I've been able to take f- moving forward into my own personal life as a manager of a bar restaurant. Is hey guys, if I were to not show up today to work, could you guys run this place? Mm. That's how I train people. Mm. I train people to lose my job. Train a little bit of ownership and what they do and what the whole accountability, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Which we lack so much in this world right now. But every single, I'm, 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 I spent the last two months putting a lot of time dealing with this whole stimulus era. Two months hard. I put a lot of hours in. And I am now starting to see the reward of that benefits because I've literally had to put pressure on some people. You're a boss too. Mm-hmm. You're a dishwasher, server, bartender. Own it, right? And I got this honestly from working from a great guy, Mike Ross. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, we're going to raise in the city. They always trained us to be empowered at the table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To, to own that, to, to be able to, it's your table. You take, you own the experience, right? So I've embraced that philosophy. Everybody's their own boss, cook, whatever. Just own it, man. Just, that's probably the most frustrating thing that I have with employees. You're an intelligent human being. We're all intelligent human beings. It's amazing what you use your intelligence for. Mm-hmm. So when you bullshit and you do all this shit, I'm like, oh, fuck that. Don't give me excuses because I know you're intelligent. The problem is you're using your intelligence to get out of P 
being accountable mm-hmm. versus using your intelligence to be accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just it's frustrating because because I naturally gravitate. I'm naturally I want to be loyal. I want to by default. I want you to think all this stuff. So when you come up with all this bullshit, I'm like, man, mm, I'm not buying it. You know, either you get it right or I find somebody to replace you. Account like that's I'm getting to the point where I talk to people about you know like I don't I don't have people under me or actually when I'm talking to traders and stuff like that uh, people say oh I can't do this or, you remember a friend uh, or a friend we used to trade with I'm not gonna mention his name but I go work out with him sometimes and he was saying to me like man I plateaued like in working out and I can't I can't get any stronger it seems and you know my my problem is like you know like I, I'm only getting in the gym once one day a week I was like okay like well, there's the problem well that's an amazing problem to have like you could have lost your leg in an accident and now your squats are really suffering from it but your problem is you're just not getting to the gym that's a great probably. that's a great problem i mean you time have you have probably the easy, right? you have the easiest problem to fix yeah you just need to go to the gym more yeah that's why you're plateauing like you're you're complaining to me like oh i can't get any stronger because i'm only going to the gym once a week it's like okay like that's that's solvable like that's like the best problem to have the solution is like right in front of you you don't have a real problem like you know your legs falling off so so, you know tying like all that shit in man that's really where we're at in this whole stimulus this economy and then what i'm really concerned about is we're at a peak right if you go back and look at all the major civilizations the major empires Right. You know, I feel like we are at a peak. Okay. You know, and I would say in the next 50 to 100 years, there's going to be a transition. Always is. Yeah. Right? That's safe to bet, yeah. And America has topped out. You said it. We're we're spending more than we're taking in. We are. Which is horrible. It's what we're doing from now. A, from a basic one-on-one financial I'm try, I'm accounting trying to, class. I'm trying to put a robot on just, it. No, I'm just from saying. From a basic one-on-one accounting class. Everyone knows it's a bad idea, Listen, but it man, keeps I working. Listen, man, I talk to my accountant, man. They give me fucking P&Ls. We understand what we do. If you do it, do. you have, have a problem. percentages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the 33 rule. Like, you know, just. What's the 33 rule? No, well, you know, you got your 33%, right? What you're spending, labor, cost, profit. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? Like, okay, that's just make like. A business? Okay. That's like know, a restaurant boom, thing, boom, isn't boom. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, it's just business, man. You yeah. know? Like, that's just a simple. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing, at least stick to that okay. and then improve. We're always trying to improve the margins. Mm-hmm. Always. And restaurants are, are the worst margins. You know, if you're making a few cents on the dollar, you know, 10 cents on the dollar, like, that's good. Restaurants are tough, dude. Oh, yeah. It's the probably, you know, one out of every five businesses succeed. And within that one, one out of every five restaurants, restaurants are tough. I don't even know why people do restaurants, this, man. Dude, and we're in this whole COVID thing. I know. I'm surprised California, you, I'm surprised New you, York. It's a testament to you that you've been gainfully employed throughout this whole thing in the restaurant business. As much as they think he's a racist and whatever his bullshit is, but thank our governor. Kemp, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look at California. Keeping it look open. Look at California. Oh look God. at fucking New York, I am dude. so, I'm so glad that we are so look free. Look at California and New York. I'm so, I'm so, I, I'm so thankful that we do have a government. We did because if we would have had Abrams in there, she would have shut us down like all the other blue dude, states. What, what, and, and it's already come down where you have the comparisons between Florida and California. California, which was locked the hell down. At least we and had Florida, a chance to survive the bitch. Yeah, exactly. You know but you mean? know, here's the thing. There was no difference in the ones that were hard locked down and the ones that were lax. Texas lifted their mask mandate, mm-hmm. did not see a spike. Cannot get a single one of these people that think that they need that, – that, that the burqa – I'm sorry, the mask, you know, is necessary to admit <laughs> that they were wrong. But um, I get it. People are afraid. It's an invisible thing. It triggers our fears. But – you know, no one really knows like what the thing is, but people shouldn't trump themselves up like Buffalo. Oh, I am so right and correct in in telling you that you have to wear this garment to cover your face because that is the true thing it's to do. So Otherwise, you're against our freedom, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but you know what? You're a, you're a, you're you're a bad person for spending time with your family during this time. Do you know that? That is a horrible thing for you to do, and that's something we said in 2020 and. In any other context, uh, yeah, Orwell, man, he he was just not creative enough. Listen, dude, I'm going to leave it on this note. 
because we've finished this bottle of wine, mm. and I think it's a great exit plan. Actually, I got one more point, but go ahead. So you're Ooh, this, I'll say get mine. your point out. Okay. Go for it. Oh, on you. Okay. And I'm going to finish um, with one final thought. Well, you talked about peaks. Okay, you talked about peaks, and I want to talk about troughs, you know, the bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an event happen to me basically the beginning of March. I mean, I had the YouTube channel, like, shut down. Yeah. Um, I had, like, my strategy was working in 2020, just like everybody else, was not doing well in the first two months of the year. And on March the 5th, I was at, like, a low point emotionally, financially. That's what I love about trading. You find out who you really are. Well, so tell me, Wes, who so you are. At the same time, when all this is going bad in life and in uh, trading, I've been doing that research. I put out a video about sector rotation. And what uh, I was talking which, about. please go watch that. That's yeah. by far been one of my favorite videos you put out. Because I cannot, it's underrated how important that video is. I mean, it, it's got it's got probably more more views than... It's a good uh, video, Wes. Well, it's probably it's, been one of your better videos you've done. And you know what? If, pe- if people listen to it, they made money. And so... Basically, on that day, March the 5th, was a day where um, I actually executed on what I talked about in that video. Uh, because even though I was, like, in a in a headspace of, like, oh, you know, like, this isn't making money, this strategy is not making money, I'd done this research long, I mean, I mean we've been, you and I, we've been studying this for years. research, 10% trading. And so ah! on that day, when Procter & Gamble and Johnson & Johnson pulled back to yep. um, the we level I was looking for, yep. I was yes. I was in this... I was in this headspace of like just oh woe is me, but you know what? Like in that that worst of worst situations, I went ahead and I, I allocated capital to those stocks, and then I went on vacation. And so over the time I've been on vacation, over the time this month has transpired, a lot of good things have happened in my life and that kind of stuff made me very happy. But that's actually worked out. But what it really reinforced to me is what I already kind of knew. I relate everything in life to trading. Like when you're at that point of the lowest low and everything's wrong, that's actually the point of maximum opportunity. Oh. <laughs> and so you got to you got to see you got to you got to you got to maybe compart like I think men are a little bit better at this at compartmentalizing like problems and things like that. So I was able to like say, okay, this is bad, this is bad, but this I've been studying for a month. Let's go, and it, it worked out and. Things came back from that. And so it's like, if you would have asked me on March the 5th, like, are things going to get better? I would have said, like, no, it's just going to be bad. And that was, that was, I knew better than that. But it's, you feel that way, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Feelings. Uh, and so, um, but yeah, like, you were talking about peaks. Like, the market is at a peak, uh-huh. and it's the exact opposite is true. Like, I try myself to kind of, like, keep an even keel. And so not get too down, not get too up, because, you know, a lot of people, they fall victim to this. And that, that's what trading is about. That's why things make swing lows that's why things make swing highs is because of emotion uh and that's reflected in price and so my message to people if you're having a bad month if you're having a bad year that could very well be your point of maximum opportunity mm. okay, so i'll let you finish that no one. i mean that's great i'll let you finish that because honestly dude you find out who you truly are when you're at your lowest, if you choose to, right? Mm-hmm. Right. In my humility, I'm free. A lot of people don't understand that statement. But if you do understand that statement, you can really realize the opportunity that you have because of what you're just saying. Mm-hmm. Because it's in those low points where we feel insecure, we don't feel happy. We, you know, if you embrace that humility, you can really become free. When mm-hmm. everything's good, going great, all that great stuff, you don't think about that stuff. When we are at the lowest point. And you're struggling. You're, you're really evaluating everything in your life. And you're trying to figure out that accountability part. Who do you blame? You're blaming everybody. That's the easiest part. You point mm-hmm. all the fingers. The truth is, you're the only person that really gets you out of that. And that's what I love about trading. Because it's, you can't blame nobody else. Mm-mm. You can't. Mm-hmm. Some people try, though. Some people say, like, uh, they know where my stops are at. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, you control your exposure. Come you can't control on. what the market yes, does, yes, but you control your yes. participation. And that's just ignore, and that's just such a reflection psychology-wise of who you are in life, right? Mm-hmm. Because that means you're also doing that with your wife. You're doing that with your kids. You're whoever your coworkers, all this stuff. You're you're reflecting it on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But in your own humility, you embrace that and you go, "Yeah, man, I fucked up. Okay, cool." I got nowhere else to go from here. I've been in two low points in my life that really changed my life. A prison bed 
in a hospital bed. Oof. That's, that's, ooh, those are some low points. <laughs> yeah. And those two points were very close enough in my life that it changed my life where you always talk about how optimistic I am. I was like, yeah, dude, I, there was a point where it just, like, the curve turned, you know? And it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you take yourself out of it and you start moving forward. And that's why I like trading, too, because it helps check that balance and reminding me of, like, never to get back to that point of that hospital bed or that jail bed, mm-hmm. mentality-wise, right? You know, and I don't want to revisit any of those physically, but also the me- mentally. And and it just if anybody can take away from all this, it's just you, you, there's a point where you just have to fucking suck it up and realize it's you, bro. Mm-hmm. Look yourself in the fucking mirror and be honest with yourself, man. Mm-hmm. And own that shit. Whatever job you're doing, forget trading. Just, just in life, man. Just fucking be real with yourself. Own it. Yeah. Own it, man. Yeah, radical ownership. And in this era that we're in right now where there's lack of accountability, even the political climate, all that stuff, you know, you're looking at all our peers, these politicians, these bankers, nobody's taking responsibility or accountability. I mean, the game is on us. There's a reason why the rich get richer and the poor get poor. Mm-hmm. There's a point where the poor people got to start fucking holding these guys accountable. We got to figure it out, man. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get all crazy on this shit, but true, man. Like Get crazy. Yeah, but I'm just saying it goes back to the whole inflation thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the answer is not to raise minimum wage. The answer is to go to those fucking bankers and financial institutions and say, stop fucking printing money, dude. I've been saying that for a while, man, but I don't think they listen to me. It's never a political conversation. It's mm. always distracted by other things, you know, yeah. and we are easily. Exactly. Somebody's know, tweets are more important than the price of milk. Well, we also got a lot of wounds to heal in America, you know, and I hope we get past that point where we can really get down to the bottom line and, and, and make everybody truly equal an opportunity of getting that equal opportunity, you know. At the same time, there's a lot of accountability we all got to answer for. We all individually as a human being have got to really answer some of our own questions in all the debates because it's not from, you know, hashtag me, me too to men too, you know, like it's just all these things have been topics over the years, man. It's just like, we are accountable, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the Michael up. <laughs> yeah, throw a wicked. Anyway, Wes. Yeah, man. We, we got, we, we have, out. No more I think we got, we got a swallow left, so cheers Ta-da! to get another podcast. All right. I'm back at it. See you guys later. Sorry we took a month off, guys. Peace.